Good evening and welcome to the Get Football Mercato Show. Here for the final time to bring you the latest transfer news from across France, Germany and Italy. I'm your host Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Mike Riccardi from Get Italian Football News, Andrew Thompson from Get German Football News and Jeremy Smith from Get French Football News. It has been a crazy day with a final transfer activity in England happening today and a lot of teams in Europe waiting to try and get an extra couple of pounds on those uh, on those uh, figures and, and one that did go through and the, the big one of the day really it seems like uh, Jez is the one that evolved a Liga side most Marseille's uh, Andre Frank Zambo and Guisa headed to Fulham for a fee believed to be around 30 million. Um, that's not a bad figure for Marseille to get. In the end, is is it a good move for the player and for the club? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those moves that's probably a good move for, for all three parties involved. Um, uh, he's, I think he, he kind of divides opinion amongst Marseille fans, but I, I do think he's a bit underappreciated and uh, possibly a bit underrated he's you know he's not the most spectacular of players i mean he, he probably plays in the least spectacular position kind of defensive midfield but even as as that position goes you know i think he he's a really hard worker gets his head down and does the job well he's not at all the most creative player um I saw one Marseille fan joking that they hope that the, the transfer isn't dependent on him being able to control a ball at the uh, the sort of unveiling ceremony. Otherwise, Fulham might send him immediately back. But I think he does a very he's done a very good job for Marseille. I think at times last season in the big matches when much bigger names completely vanished and bottled it, I don't think he ever did. On the other hand, the one thing probably that he'll be remembered for more than any other at Marseille is the, is the big mistake um, that led to one of the goals in the Europa League final. Um, but, you know, he, I, he certainly shouldn't be judged just on that one incident. And I think he's been a valuable member of their squad. And I think he can be the same at Fulham. I'm not sure that he's necessarily of the quality to be a, a regular starter in the Premier League, but I think he's a really good squad member to have both in terms of the sort of spirit in the changing room and as there's someone to come on either late on in in individual matches or um you know if, if players get injured or suspended to, to fill in for two or three games all of that said the figure is absolutely ridiculous and as we were just saying off air before we started the the money in the premier league in particular now figures don't really matter anymore um everyone can afford anyone you know you can re have really expensive gambles and even if they don't pay off it's not going to sort of put you in financial problems for the next few years as it can do still in other in other leagues but 30 million is absolutely massive that's 30 million pounds as well is massive for him and that's the only really bizarre bit of the of the whole transaction it's it's an interesting one. There's, there was reports from Mohamed Bouhafsi uh, uh, earlier today that the the bidding started at around 15 million euros at some point, and it's slowly crept up to double that plus potential sell-on percentages as well. Um, given that you know Fulham. 
do struggle in the Premier League and do go down, that 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 may come into play. There was they needed an extension because it looked like neither club wanted to pay a five percent sell-on fee to to the, his previous side as well. We're well, Marseille bought him for five hundred k, but in the end of the day, that we know that that Fulham are getting a decent player, a good box-to-box midfielder that that can really add to their talent level in the Premier League. But from a Marseille perspective, Jez, thirty million euros at this time with for them. Still about three weeks of the window to go. Still chasing the likes of Mario Balotelli. I'm sure Mino Raiola will be delighted that they've got the 30 million through the door. But it's it's a massive boost for them in, in this final leg of the uh, the transfer window, at least for Europe, for them to go out and, and improve their squad to to chase for that second place. For them, I mean the preview show on Sunday, um, and just generally sort of looking at how the Marseille will want to say they position that that they were looking to strengthen in his centre forwards. You know, generally decent come to the, the most expensive of all positions. Um even if Liverpool and Chelsea might might argue it's goalkeepers apparently now. But um, the Balotelli is the the one that they've obviously had their eyes on the whole time, and as you said, it sort of it hasn't happened. And I think um, that might be Daniola, uh, um playing silly buggers with with more than anything else. But certainly with that, with an extra thirty million in their pocket, um, you know, Marseille have much more. Sort of, firstly, more bar. Secondly, if it comes down to it more money that they can spend if need be which surely they weren't expecting um, a couple of days ago hmm. it's nice to get a little windfall just when you thought that you might be not getting anything at all let's go on to things in germany and a quieter day really for the bundesliga at least to, than they may have expected but one move the other way that that looks like it probably won't happen now um unless things move in the right direction that is Andrew is Adamola Luckman to Leipzig Ralph Rangnick still has a, a strong interest in the English international but with the clo- uh, the window closed in England that that deal looks harder and harder to make yeah well being it's um I think it's usual to come down to money um I mean in Germany the young players despite their ability they're not you know the young player premium isn't as high so uh simply put uh every Leipzig Value Lookman a little bit lower than Everton. Uh, Everton want 33 million uh, euro, I think it is, and I think Erbil won't go past 25. Um, so it'll simply come down to that. Um, in terms of how well he did, you know, he fit in at Leipzig last season. He did quite well when he was there on his own spell. Um, Rannick is seems to be at least pretty adamant that he wants to bring him in. You know, he said, "Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not going to settle for a no soon enough." So, um, I mean, there'll be more developments moving forward for sure before the summer is out um even if he doesn't end up going um this summer window uh i wouldn't be shocked if he maybe went in january especially considering that uh, everton did bring him a charleston this window as well so there's direct competition between the two of them for that left-sided berth in the attack so um maybe all the more sent- uh, all the more reason for you know looking to maybe move on uh, given that business yeah, that's the the interesting one, and in this is that despite the reports saying that uh, it looks like um, their interest will sort of have to stall because of that that money difference. Supposedly, um, RB Leipzig are only 
willing to go up to around about 22 23 million is their their current kind of offer and and uh, while uh, the, the Everton are wanting at least 33 million euros well, probably to try and recoup some of the amount they've spent on the likes of Richarlison and, and others this summer um with the, the I think you make an interesting point there Andrew about them having enough players maybe now from that window to to maybe let him go but at the same time for, for Luckman it, would this be the right move for him now, given that there is a lot of competition at Everton for those places? There's a lot of competition at Leipzig as well, but maybe is that a better option for him? I think it'll be a better option simply because, you know, the the sentimentality behind young players in Germany is that, you know, if they're good enough, they'll play. Whereas in the Premier League, things are so tight. You know, when you look thinking about European places where managers are less likely to want to give younger players significant time unless they're of a certain level and just because you know obviously young Arsene Wenger famously said young players make mistakes young players cost you points um and I think that sort of mentality exists in England at a high level when you're a club that has expectations like Everton might will have this season um in terms of the Bundesliga young players routinely play as long as they're of a certain level and again when Lukman was there he did quite well for them um there's a reason why Ragnick is adamant about when they bring him in um there will be competition for him but you know Leipzig have proven that they will sell um the main player on the left side of the attack who you have to be with his uh Emil Forsberg but Forsberg won't be there forever. You know, I'd be shocked if he doesn't leave by next summer and Lukman's a more longer-term option for them. You know, he's still quite young. Um, they can build around him and some other young pieces that they do have. So uh, in terms of that and in terms of the way Everton and other Premier clubs like to spend, you know, they might very well buy another attacking player next summer and then there's even more competition for Lukman. So um, I think for me, it's a smarter move for him to leave for a place where he's certainly guaranteed to get more routine looks in the first team. And that was sort of evident last season, wasn't it? That he he did get more of a chance, which is why Everton maybe are looking at trying to keep him. Maybe they might do something with him. I do hope he gets some game time, regardless of where he is. On to things in Serie A. And uh, one player who has joined the Premier League this evening is Carlos Sanchez, who's joined West Ham, having been at Fiorentina. Mike, obviously, he's um, had spent the last six months in La Liga, but how has the Colombian's time in Italy been since he joined back in 2016? So... Over the latter part of the year, Carlos Sanchez has fallen out of favor with La Viola. And then, like you said, he spent the last six months since January on loan at Espanyol. So really, it, it's been time for, for Sanchez to move on from Fiorentina. It didn't look like he was going to be playing much this season, this season with, all the, with all the transfer signings and departures from Fiorentina. Um, and West Ham is getting a versatile defensive midfielder who, even though he is getting up there in age, I think can add to the team, I think can be a squad player. It'll be tough to see if he gets in there right away, especially with the season starting this weekend. And you have players like Mark Noblin and Jack Wilshire already in the midfield. But I think, you know, over time he'll work his way into the lineup, be a rotation player. And it's it's the ninth signing for Manuel Pellegrini at West Ham. So obviously they're trying to make some some noise themselves. Yeah, and, and a couple have been brought from Italy, obviously, Felipe Anderson earlier in this window. But focusing again on the man, he obviously has spent time in England previously with Aston Villa, so it won't be too crazy to think he might acclimatise quickly. But there has been an incredible amount of time between then and now. There's also the fact that he didn't have the greatest of World Cups, hence why maybe other teams weren't quite in for him. 
is he good enough still to play at a Premier League level consistently, or do do you feel like like we mentioned possibly that he feels more like he will be a squad player and someone that West Ham can rely to to maybe if they're battling on more than one front to to uh, help put add some depth to this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's thirty two years old now, so especially when you have somebody in the midfield at that age you can't expect the level of play maybe to be what it once was when he was back in the premier league a few years back. Um, but I think, you know, he's, he's still pretty versatile. And I think obviously they are going with depth with the nine signings this summer. So I think that's where he'll be. I think he definitely will get some time, but I would be surprised if he was in the starting lineup routinely, especially in the earlier parts of the season. Yeah, West Ham expects maybe uh, someone just to add to the numbers that they may have to go in. And if injuries do pop up, he's a he's a handy deputant at least. Uh, let's do some roundups now and starting back with the Bundesliga, uh, Andrew, and a couple of moves that didn't quite happen to start off with really. And well, well one at least may still happen because there's other clubs that aren't in England linked with him. And that's starting with Philip Max of Augsburg, who had a Terrific season was linked with even trying to be forcing his way into uh, Die Mannschaft for the World Cup. It didn't quite go as planned for that. But um, Fulham were interested, but obviously that can't be an avenue now. A couple of teams across Europe looking at the left-back. What's the latest? Uh, well, the teams interested in right now are Real Sociedad and Sampdoria. Fulham obviously didn't get a deal done. Um, but there's going to be, I, I think repeated interest in him moving forward over the course of the season. Um, I expect that some Premier League clubs might come back in with interest in January. Um, I think the only problem with Max is he's a very specific case in terms of left back. I think he's he's very forward thinking and that's one of the main reasons why he didn't get into Germany's World Cup squad. Um, he is excellent going forward. He's, his delivery from wide is fantastic. He's excellent on set pieces. He has a fantastic left foot. But on the defensive side of the ball, he, he does struggle quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, I think it, it, the club will suit him if that's what a club wants out of a left back. You know, if you're a, a defense first thinking sort of manager, it wouldn't necessarily work out. Um, but, you know, obviously this time to develop, he's only 24. He does offer quite a bit for you um, if you're trying to play attacking football in any sort of way. So um, I don't think it'll be Augsburg forever. They're not a club who can typically hold on to any player of note that they do have. Um, so, I, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised he didn't find a new club this summer, but I'd be even more surprised if he was there come next season. Yeah, that, that's the thing I, I, I thought at the start of the summer. You know, Max obviously had a teren- tremendous season, um, obviously had a, a bucket load of assists as well that, that helped his cause. And, and looking at the clubs interested in him, like, Sociedad, who obviously lost Orithola to, to Real Madrid this summer, or the left back, so he, he could quite easily fit in there. But are you surprised that some bigger teams aren't looking at him, given that he is a more attacking left back, so would suit some of the teams that play more attacking football and have more possession? Also, anyone who's playing a back three, he would be an excellent wing back option for someone. Is, is it interesting that no one else is, especially, and again, he's he's only 24, so he's he's, he's still got plenty of, of uh, time left in those legs. Is it is it surprising that there aren't bigger names linked with him? I think it's surprising to a certain extent, but again, you know, he, he's not as balanced as maybe you would like. Um, 
you know, for example, that he was briefly linked with Manchester City, but you know they're full to the brim with left backs, but also their left backs that they have, you know, can at least perform halfway decently on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I think that that's going to be, you know, if if he doesn't get a move to a much bigger club, I think that might be the stumbling block, and just in terms of who he is as a player. Um, but I do think. You know, maybe at the very least that he might make a move inside the Bundesliga this summer as well. And there's still time for that. Um, and there are still clubs that do need a left-sided play. And you know, we mentioned Schalke yesterday and didn't get the deal for Danny Rose done. So maybe Schalke might come in for Max um, before the season starts or before the window closes. That's one thing we might be able to look out for moving forward. But um, again, um, Augsburg are never going to be a club who can hold on to the players who um, who come through with them. And um, whether it's a Suzer system or from a low buy that they found in the market somewhere else and kick on with them, you know, they'll always lose their players. So again, I don't expect them to be there much longer, but um, I do think it is a little, maybe a little surprising he didn't move on yet, but when you really look at the kind of player he is, maybe it's not too surprising. And wait and see if he does finally find that summer move on to um, more news from uh, Germany and, and another one with a potential outgoing not involving England for once uh, this evening and that's uh, uh, Robin Koch of Freiburg the defender has been linked with a move to Sevilla however the understanding according to Kicker is the 22 year old would like to stay in Germany for a further year at least under cushion strike if he could um, what do you think to a potential move would money in this scenario again for a team like Freiburg who are a little bit of the of, on the smaller side in Germany um, would that convince them to sell the player even at this stage well they're a little bit alright for money now considering that Charles who just left um, you know they didn't get the 35 to 40 million they originally quoted Arsenal in the summer um, 20 million is still a fair um, money amount that they would have let him go for so I think they'll make do with that for now. And they're not necessarily forced to sell anymore, um, particularly now that they just lost so I think they actually might want to keep him for a season. Um, and that would obviously um, suit, his desires, suit his desires of the player. Um, he's still quite young. Um, he does need to develop. And you know, I think he had a fairly decent season for Freiburg last season. But um, jumping from, from Freiburg to Sevilla is, is massive in scope when you really think about it. And um, Considering the, the business Sevilla did pull off, they got uh, Joris Nagnan from uh, Ren, quite a good young center back. So you'd have to think maybe that wouldn't be the best option for him either. You know, Simon Kaya is still there. Um, Sergei Gomez just came into the club. Um, so there are options, you know, at the moment for Pablo Martin. So I wouldn't necessarily think that it would be the smartest move for him currently. Um, but I do think he's good enough moving forward in the next year or two to, to probably look at a club maybe one step up for sure I wouldn't be surprised if he does move on eventually and an interesting point I suppose you you can learn plenty from Simon Kier if you were to head there at least and, and with Nyan Yonier as well there's, there's plenty of youth into that team that might be quite interesting at least anyway if, uh, if they do come back into it we finished tonight with um, news that we've brought you most nights really this this week, and it it's your own Boateng. Um, he's obviously not heading to Manchester anymore, even though there was umming and ahrings from different places thinking that he was going, he wasn't going. He was Mourinho's first choice. He'd already told Mourinho he wasn't going to come. Um, it, that's not happening anymore. The focus now does completely turn to Paris Saint-Germain. What's the latest, Andrew? I mean, it's not much change from, I guess, the last time we talked about it. You know, Bayern is still okay with selling. Um, Niko Kovac does still want to keep him. Um, but I think what it boils down to, um, according to Kicker, is that uh, it'll come down to two things. One, if he can solve financial fair play, and if they want to pay the $50 million that Bayern require, 
Um, if those things can happen, then you know, he'll most likely move. And it's an interesting one because there's there's also reports coming out from from potentially from Kovac that he's just as happy to keep him at the club. But does, does that seem that like the plan now that unless Paris Saint-Germain can stump up the cash that they're looking for, that he'll remain at the Alliance Arena this season? I don't think Kovac was ever the one to want to sell him. I think that was more coming up from upstairs. Um, obviously, him coming out and publicly saying he wants to keep him should really dispel any notion that manager was trying to force him out and that he wasn't in his plans. Um, despite his regression, maybe over the last year or two, you know, Boateng still has um, that experience that you want um, at a top level club. And obviously it'll help Kovac transition to his first year in a much bigger job with a bigger scope. Um, but again, you know, considering he has regressed and considering that Nicholas Suda did have such a great first season with them last year, eventually either he or Matt Hummels is going to be fully displaced from um, first choice selection. So, You'd have to expect that, you know, maybe Boateng would be the one to leave, considering um, he was always a little bit outside of um, maybe the, the how Bayern want players to be, so to speak. Um, so again, you know, if it doesn't happen this summer, it's one of those things again where maybe it'll happen next summer, perhaps in January. But um, he is the kind of player that PSG seem to be looking at these days. So um, big in profile will help build their brand. Um, does have experience, maybe will help them kick on with Champions League. So um, I think it's a match made in heaven to save both. But again, we'll see if they want to pay and if they can afford to. Mm, that's going to be the, the the FFP rulings are going to maybe restrict Paris in the end. But we'll, we'll wait and see if they can finally stump up the money should other players at least go as well. Um, on to Italy now and um, some moves for AC Milan. Um, obviously, the, the Nico Kalinic one has gone through now. Um, Mike, and obviously there also seems like there may be a push to still get Andre Silva out the door. What what do you think to Kalinic moving on and also um, looking towards Silva, Silva maybe heading on to a loan move as well? Sure. So obviously Milan last year between their three strikers, Petra Cutrone, Nikola Kalinic and Andre Silva was just abysmal. I mean, it was, it was bright for Petra Cutrone only being 19 and 20 years old. But Kalinic and Silva were a, a bitter disappointment. And now with Iguain coming in, there's just no room for them in the squad. With financial fair play issues, they really need to offload these guys and get some money for them. So initial reports had Kalinic going to Atletico for 15 million euro. Now the reports are saying that's an undisclosed fee, although I would be surprised if it was anything far off from that but they I think they will lose some money in that deal um, which is understandable because he had a terrible season and they're eager to get rid of him so they'll get what they can take um, and then as far as Andre Silva goes originally it looked like he was going to be going on loan to Sevilla however the latest reports say that Sevilla have offered 20 million euro to AC Milan for Andre Silva and he is keen to leave and return to Spain he was previously at Porto um, but they, it cost AC Milan 38 million euro last summer. So to sell him for 20 million um, is far off. And, and Milan does not agree with that financial evaluation. So I think there's still some distance to go between uh, Sevilla and AC Milan before they finalize a deal uh, for an outright uh, buy. However, if they can't come you know, to a, a significant number, they may have to resort back to looking at a loan option. Mm. And that might be the struggle, really, for it could be a real kick in the teeth for AC Milan to have to lose him for that level, having spent so much on him last summer. Another 
team that's looking to offload a couple of players and not surprisingly given how much they've spent really is Juventus there was linking Storaro to potential moves to the Premier League obviously that won't be happening now but they're still pushing for him to to be going through the exit though yeah so it looked like you know they might attempt a last minute deal with Watford um, to send him on loan but you know they try they only begun that yesterday so with only one day to go there's always a stretch it was always a rush to get that done but they do need to get rid of Stefano Storaro. He only made seven starts last season. And with Emre Chan coming in now, there really isn't room for him in that squad and he's not going to get playing time. So they are looking elsewhere. Sporting Lisbon are reported to be interested as are Fiorentina and Genoa. But obviously, I think Juventus would prefer to keep him out of Italy if they had to. And it seemed that the disagreement with Wofford came over the option to buy uh, Storaro, uh, Juventus placed an 18 million pound, um, you know, uh, uh, in, in terms of euros, 18 million pounds. I don't know the exact translation to that, but 18 million pounds they placed on Storaro. And that obviously was too much um, for the option to buy for Watford. So it'll be interesting if they come, if they back off of that. Um, but I still think right now, Sporting Lisbon look to be the one, if anybody, that will take him. Yeah, and they certainly need some players back into the fold at that club as well. Um, final bit of news in Italy, and there's a couple of clubs looking into a potential loan signing of an English player. Obviously, even though the English window is done, you can still obviously buy or loan players from from the country. And it's uh, Ola Aina of Chelsea. He's interesting, Frosinone and Torino. Um, what's the latest? So Ola Aina, 21 years old from Chelsea, the, the defender, he is promising. Um, but I think there's still there, there's no room for them in that squad. And he he actually was on loan last season at Hall in the championship. And he made 45 appearances. Obviously, the youngster is getting plenty of experience out there. And Chelsea are keen to do the same. Um, Frosinone, obviously looking for a player now that they've been promoted to Serie A to help them, you know, increase their chances of staying up. Um, and Torino looking in that, looking out from the top six, obviously want to get back into European play. They could use a defender, but there's also reports that he could be going to PSV Eindhoven, who uh, won the, who were the Dutch champions last year. And they may actually, I believe, have the most, you know, interesting bid because they have the chance to be playing for the Champions League if they can make it through the playoff. So you, you, he basically, the options are go to the biggest club in Torino. Go to Frosinone, where he's probably going to get more playing time, um, lesser, you know, lesser experienced playing time, but more playing time nonetheless. Or go to PSV Eindhoven, where he could potentially play in the Champions League. Now, that's a stretch, um, but it is always a possibility. And there's plenty of time for that deal to be heading in any direction, depending on obviously where PSV may finish in that tournament. Let's go back to where we started this evening and in France to finish off with Jez and mainly moves within France, but we'll start with the one that involved Premier League teams for, for a little bit of time. And that's Maxwell Cornet. He's obviously remaining a Lyon player for now. And obviously English clubs can no longer sign him, but he's already expressed an interest of preferring a move over the continent, really in Spain, Germany, Italy, still throwing a couple of names out there. He seems like potentially maybe that's, to you, Jez, maybe the odd man out at Leon this moment, and maybe a move would be good for him. 
Yeah, I think he's he's kind of a little bit in between two stools at the moment. You've got the um, the slightly older, more established strikers, and then you've got the the young up and coming ones like um, Guiri, who will probably get a lot more chances this year, and hopefully Maulida who'll stay. Although he's he's making noises about wanting to move because he's worried about the playing time that he's going to get. And Corne's in between the two. Um, he's still only 21, which is is sort of surprised. He's he, you know, it feels like he's been around for so long now. It's surprising when you see that he's only 21. But um, it feels already like maybe it's time to move. He's never really clicked at Lyon. He certainly has never really got the fans behind him. And no one's ever disputed that, that he's got the talent, he's got the speed, the skills, the finishing ability, but doesn't really show it. Um, consistently enough and possibly it's just a case of finding the right club where where he'll sort of feel settled feel wanted and then I think you know he's one of those confidence players if if he does feel that everyone's sort of rooting for him I think he could um, I wouldn't say explode I wouldn't say turn into suddenly a, a great player but um, I think he could be doing a lot better than, than he is at the moment and I think he probably needs to move away from Leon to do that Hmm, and there's some interesting options across the, the continent, really, and plenty of clubs that may take on a player that, that does have his spells, doesn't he? But it, maybe just not consistently enough to really push himself into a first-team spot at Lyon. Uh, moves within the nation now. One of my more favourite ones from this evening, really, because it's it stirred up a little bit of controversy, to an extent at least, Jez, and that's involving Jimmy Brion, who has now joined Bordeaux. Obviously, we had mentioned it briefly on our um, update on Sunday that him he's obviously no longer a gang on player. He had bought out his contract essentially to make a move to uh, Montreal Impact that never quite went through due to negotiations sort of stumbling in the end. He's now joined Bordeaux on a permanent deal. It's upset some people, shall we say. Um, and it's an interesting one. Is that the right kind of move for Bordeaux? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure it is. It's it's hard to say because he again had a a very solid season last season, scored quite a few goals. But he is 33, and for Bordeaux, who are you know looking to re-establish themselves as one of the big names in France, who are looking to to maintain a good league and campaign as well as to to have a good run in in the Europa League, um, and they they are short on strikers at the moment. He's not a bad person to have in the squad, but um, you wouldn't want to be relying on him to sort of turn out 30, 40 games a season and, and score regularly throughout that time. So obviously there's still time for them to bring other strikers in, but um, yeah, it was slightly left field choice from Bordeaux, I think. Man. Given the comments as well earlier from Kumbare, there was a, a reportedly a, a gentleman's agreement with Briand and Gengom that he would not join another league side this summer, given that they allowed him um, to terminate his contract. That's obviously now been broken. And, and the Gengom manager said earlier this evening there was a moral agreement and now he is an opponent and enemy. Um, strong words. And an interesting one to, to have them go through and see how they match up against each other when they do face each other further down the line a bit bizarre about i mean you know he's he's the he's the second highest scorer in terms of players currently playing um in Liga, only behind cavani so you know he's not he's never been a bad player but he is 33 he's 
nothing that special and it's weird that um he stirred such strong emotions mm. you know it's not like some not like figo moving from from Real to, uh, from barcelona to Real or anything like that <laughs> it's sometimes that w- when it's that personally it feels a little bit more uh, scathing sometimes at least but, um you never really know until you're sort of uh, in the mix of it anyway uh, one i wanted to add here just uh, sorry but i'm dropping this one on you a little bit is that deal that's come through obviously on on isaac and benza earlier today um one little tidbit that's a bit strange at least to to french football fans will be that it's initial loan move it believed about 2.5 million euros for that loan deal with an obligation to buy for the extra 12.5 million as a full bid um are you surprised that Montpellier have allowed him to sort of essentially be a loan for the time being um and then instead of going for that that lot of money straight away and reinvest that in the squad yeah I'm very surprised I think um you know we discussed the other day that um for the for the full amount the 12 14 million whatever it is that that he's ultimately going to go for that's that's a very good deal for Montpellier but if they're not going to see the benefit of that and not going to be able to reinvest it immediately then it seems really strange that they've let him go because he you know he was a useful player for them last season I think he scored eight league goals goal scoring was a problem for them last year and although they brought in Delors who um, is a very capable striker. It must still be a concern for the club, and to um, to get rid of they've and they've already got rid of uh, one or two other strikers. So to get rid of him, but not even see the benefit of it for a year, it's I can't really see the logic in it from Montpellier's point of view at all. Mm, very strange. You thought they'd been maybe just wait around and hope for the money or keep the player on the books and hope exactly, that maybe they come yeah. back in January, but uh, never mind. Um, on to the final bit of news and uh, something we've sort of hit on when Kevin Malqui joined Napoli yesterday is that Lille are looking at obviously a replacement and it's a Rosier of uh, Dijon, the player that seems to be the top of the list. What do you think to a move for him, Jez? Does he seem maybe more like a more logical fit than Malqui felt, although he had a half decent season, maybe he was a bit too uh, gung-ho for a team that does need a bit more solidity? Yeah, from from Lille's point of view, I think it's a good move. I mean, I was, I was surprised that that Malcolm went to Napoli. I've never been entirely convinced about him. Um, certainly, from the defensive point of view, um, I think Rosier is is a better defender as well as having that that um, attacking ability as well. So definitely for Lille, I see it as as an upgrade. They've got more, a bit more money in the bank um, and a, a good talented youngster who's you know French French under twenty one international after basically his first season as a pro and you know very highly thought of um for rosier himself um taking aside financial um uh reasoning um i assume he'd be he'd be on a higher salary at, at lille um i'm not a hundred hundred percent convinced it's it's a particularly upward mobile move upwardly mobile move i mean lille are the bigger club and the the, the more high profile club but um certainly based on on last year's evidence um Dijon play the play the more entertaining football and possibly are the, the team that are sort of looking upwards, whereas Lille this year still not entirely sure what's gonna happen with them. They've got a strong attack, not the best defence. They've got a very defensively minded manager. Um 
I'd have thought it would probably be more fun to be in the Dijon team than the Lille team, but maybe he is thinking in terms of the sort of well, higher salary, first of all, and possibly just the higher profile just by virtue of the fact that, that Lille has seen as the bigger club. Yeah, that sort of, I think that paycheck and the, the visibility sometimes convinces most players in fairness. Um, that's it for this evening and for this transfer window from ourselves. My thanks to Mike, Andrew and Jez for their company, as long as all of you at home as well. Thank you for joining us throughout the last couple of weeks as we've gone through the transfer news. Uh, obviously, the season starts tomorrow for French teams and, and some in England as well. So do enjoy those but do please join us uh, again for podcast we have our get french football news show started on sunday and that should be hitting you every sunday and thursday in the near future we also may have other podcasts in the loop but we'll keep you in the loop for any more transfer news with the european ones do keep an eye on all our twitter feeds for get italian football news get german football news and get french football news but please do enjoy the rest of your summer uh, and look forward to the football that's coming ahead good night